episode 164 of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackwood, and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana, where I talk about, read about, write about, amongst other things, video games, video games, video games. I'm super excited because we are joined tonight um, by a guest who is going to talk to us about all kinds of things that we are passionate about. Um, we're joined tonight by Yusef Cole. Hi, Yusef. How are you? Hi, I'm pretty good. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. I am so excited to have you on. Um, so we can we can chit chat. I've been wanting to ask you one for a long time, and I just haven't because I always like ah, he probably doesn't want to do this. <laughs> no way. I'm into, I'm into it. I'm into it. Cool. So for those of you who don't know Yusuf, Yusuf's a, a freelance writer and he's written for really cool uh, outlets like Paste Magazine, Waypoint, and of course, uh, uh, one, of the, one of the places we're going to talk about a little bit tonight, Unwinnable. Um, and he's also a freelance motion designer and he's done work uh, for studios like Slanted Studios and, and, and or studios. <laughs> um, and if you have not uh, heard uh, Yusef uh, po- on a podcast before, uh, you really need to check out his podcast, The Video Game Hour, uh, which I, I admitted before we started that every time I listen to, I get a little bit jealous because they're super smart over there. So you should definitely check out the, uh, the Video Game Hour podcast as well. All right. Oh, I didn't forget our other Yes, did. I'm totally <laughs> chop liver in this scenario. You are totally no, you're not. You're not. You're not. And of course, we're joined by one of our NYMG regulars, uh, co-host Alicia Carabinus. How you doing, Alicia? I'm crappy now. You're not. Uh, well, I am crappy because I'm sick. But well, that's uh, true. Other than that, I am great. I am about to win a bet with Sam tomorrow. Uh, and I will make her eat crow, and it's going to be glorious. Uh, but if you need to know who I am, I am a PhD student at Purdue University in rhetoric and composition, uh, and I study, surprise, video games. And Sam, being my boss, is almost always right, but then tomorrow I'll be right, so I'll be good with the world. Yeah. Well, yeah what is his bet? I don't <laughs> So, and, and, then, talk more about and it. everybody will see that this is this is just me yet again being right. Yes, what is this bet, Alicia? So, as part of one's PhD journey, <laughs> uh, you know, you do several things. You take the big comprehensive exams, and then you do the prospectus for your dissertation, and then you actually write your dissertation. Uh, tomorrow, I'm turning in something semi-draft shaped for my prospectus. This is a big milestone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam did not believe that I could do it by tomorrow, uh, which is early. Um, I probably shouldn't have done it by tomorrow because I'm dying, <laughs> but I'm going to do it because I'm awesome. And out of spite. Now, 
<laughs> and out of spot. That is what drives her. So because she's already got it done and she's going to give it to me tomorrow anyway because she wants to win the bet, we have to we have to admit that, you know what, I've been a parent for a long time, and I've also I was also an elementary school teacher. Not that Alicia has the mentality of a child, <laughs> but she's very competitive. So I knew that one of the ways to get her to get it done was to bet her that she couldn't do it. Yes, it's true. <laughs> nice, good work. It's true. I was like, you can't do it, and she's like, yes, I can. I was like, nah. <laughs> I like, bet oh, you, you a can't do booze. it by December. By God, I can. <laughs> I bet you a bottle of booze you can't. Just like with your kids. <laughs> That's exactly. how she got through teaching elementary school, and it's why it's in the past now. <laughs> I bet you this shiny quarter, you can't clean up this whole classroom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I will be one no. step closer to being finished. Yes, absolutely nice. you will. Yeah. Good luck. Thanks. All right, so we're going to go through our usual uh, what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking, and then uh, we will jump into talking about some video game, uh, some video game stuff. So because we like to pretend we have manners around here, um, <laughs> I said pretend. Yusuf, uh, what have you been playing lately? Anything good? I have mostly been playing uh, Assassin's Creed Orange Oranges Orange Origins. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Oranges. <laughs> yes, uh, about a plucky orange picker in Florida. Uh, no, it's you know set in Egypt, which is really cool to me. Um, yes. And I'm just like loving the the environment and like getting to explore everything and the pyramids and the villages and. The towns it's just so detailed and i haven't played assassin's creed in a while like cause mm -hmm. it's i generally i'm kind of sick of the mechanics because they just do it every every game they do it over and over again mm -hmm. but i think this just drew me in with the setting it's just so awesome and i grew up kind of being really into egypt and you know like collecting the hieroglyphics books and watching the documentaries and um all that stuff watching stargate <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is a terrible movie about Egypt, but for a kid, loved it, loved it. Um, and so, yeah, it's really like scratching that itch um, in a way that I didn't know I wanted. I didn't think I was yeah. going to be playing an Assassin's Creed this year. Yeah. You and me either. But, well, you know, okay, so I, I didn't think until they announced that it was in Egypt. Um, I wasn't quite sure I was going to play it. And then I was like, yeah, well, I got to play it now. Um, exactly. Be, and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, so yeah, I've been playing a little bit too. I wanted to play. Yeah, because you hate Assassin's Creed games. I do. I hate everything. <laughs> you do. Well, that's another thing. But I mean, I mean they have a lot of problems. <laughs> like, you know, and this one does as well. Like convoluted plot and um, just like a little bit too much fluff and in terms of like exploring the world. But I don't know. It's just the, the environment. The environment is allowing me to get around what I normally would be turned mm -hmm. off by. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll even finish it because I, I also never finish them because they they take too long. Yeah. There's um, so many games that I get like about three quarters done with and I'm all, oh, I'm done. <laughs> exactly. I'm also yep. playing a little uh, Mario Odyssey. Kind of like, that's kind of my long burn. Yeah. Uh, because it is really fun whenever I play it, but I don't feel any like strong desire to do everything. So it's kind of a nice like relaxing, like, you know, load it up and play a little bit and explore an area and then it away for a few weeks 
I'm glad it's not just me who does that. <laughs> I love that game though. It's it's like a kind of it's the the Mario that I've wanted for a while cuz I've always been really bad at like just straight platformers. Mm -hmm. But an open world Mario's been a whole lot of fun. I mean, it's got its problems. Boy does it have its problems, but uh I'm I like that one too. And I play I play it a lot with my kid and I like the co-op mode is great for kids. Mm. Because um, so I don't know if you've played the co-op mode. So when you play the co-op mode, the second person plays as Cappy, who is just OP as all get out, right? So it's like Cappy can like rule the world. Um, yeah, <laughs> seriously. But it makes the game a whole lot easier, which is good for playing with little kids. So. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I, I did play a little bit of the co-op um, with my wife, and she was basically... Um, or she would get angry at me for not hitting the enemies fast enough <laughs> with a hat. <laughs> it's like, so, hurry up. Yeah, you get a little bit of a, you know, because you are very powerful, so you get a lot of responsibility on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. You, you got to do everything. Exactly. It's like, I, I got to get all these coins over here. I got to pull out all these plugs and see if coins come out. I got to yeah. do this over Me, here. I got to rip all these Ma posters Mario down. Mario is like dying to like five Goombas <laughs> in the corner because he totally forgot that you had, that he was there. Cause he was like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, why oh. do you, you don't need him. You're a flying hat. Why does the exactly. hat need Mario? I guess to jump on things. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't and, like, and I don't like Mario. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. Like I've like always struggled with like that game because it's like, I just... He's not a character I want to see more of. Mm -hmm. Like the aesthetic of him just like is so annoying to me. Yeah. I... Okay, so I have to ask this question. <laughs> Where are you from originally? Um, I'm, ask, from... I'm asking oh, go ahead. because you say my, because you say Mario, <laughs> which is usually a very Canadian thing. Oh. But I'm just trying to figure out where where you're um, from originally. From the Bronx. From New okay. York. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Oh. I don't know why I say it that way. Mario. I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't. I not force myself to say Mario. Well, it's it's that's pretty north. Maybe that's what it is. But yeah, usually it's a pretty Canadian thing for people to say Mario hmm. um, instead of Mario. You know, because sure. you know, most kind of Yanks just say you know, just draw everything out. Hmm. Um. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. I. That's. What, I'm sorry. That was totally off. <laughs> but no, I, I like, learned I something know. about myself. I gotta know. I learned something about myself there. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. You pl so you were playing Assassin's Creed and, of course, a little bit of Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll just wrap it up. I mean, there's probably other tiny games, but the other game um, I spent a lot of time on recently was Rain World. Ooh. What's this? Tell me. <clears throat> um, so it's like a, a side-scrolling platformer game. They came out earlier this year, like in the spring, mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of its main hook was that it's this really interesting, weird ecosystem. You're playing this like thing called a slug cat, and you have to explore a kind of industrial wasteland that's like a some kind of some kind of like imagined future Earth that where all humans are gone, and it's just like weird toxic creatures trying to survive. And every now and then, like, just all these, like, basically there's a cycle, every day there's a cycle, and the rain, it'll just start raining so hard that you will die. <laughs> and, like, you have to, like, wow. find shelter. It's just an incredibly unfriendly, um, kind of um, unapproachable sort of game, because it's basically, it's 
it's a, just a very like oppressive environment and it's kind of i feel like in that way trying to make a point about the environment and like kind of uh you know a potential dystopian take on on society and like our future sounds mm-hmm. like a game i need <laughs> it's i was like, thinking when you were talking about really it sounds like something up your alley yeah. i mean it is really like hard to play <laughs> i mean that's i'm basically going to write something about it along those mm-hmm. lines um just the fact that it's just very very they actually just today they announced they they're making an easy mode which is i'm, I'm all about because that's because it'll allow me to see more of the game i think mm-hmm. but um it for in general like it's just like it 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 hates you it hates the player it, it crushes you <laughs> into the ground over and over again like any other creature in the game is basically this like usually a predator and to your prey like you're playing the prey and you kind of have to not die to them. And they're faster than you and they can jump really far. And then you're just like basically crawling along the ground <laughs> trying not to die. It's a very frustrating game. But it's also really interesting in that way because a lot of games are very empowering. And like, you know, we just talked, we talked about Mario and your magic hat that solves all your problems. Like, it's totally the yeah. opposite of that. So that alone makes it kind of an interesting game to release, like in 2017. Like, it's very much trying to make a point, I think, about games being. Um, objects of empowerment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, cool. it's a, it's kind of a game I'm playing for academic reasons. <laughs> it's not <laughs> my sit down and relax on? game. Did I miss uh, that? It came out on Steam and PS4. Okay. Um, it's on those two, and I I'm not sure if it's on Xbox, but yeah, it's around. Huh? Cool. Yeah. I'll check that out. That sounds interesting. Mm. All right. Um, well, I'm going to jump in right after you because you and I played a lot of the same games, right? <laughs> um, I'm playing, always playing a little bit of Super Mario Odyssey also because it's on my Switch and I could just throw it in my backpack, which I have to say I absolutely love. Um, Assassin's Creed Origins, yeah. Um, but I spend most of my time just like riding around, looking at stuff and doing side quests. So I am not advancing the main storyline at all because I'm a horrible, <laughs> I'm a horrible person. <laughs> um, and... Oh, I started playing, finally, I bought it, like, forever ago, because I was like, I want to play the remastered, like, Bioshock collection. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bought it, and, and I then it just, like, sat over on my shelf for, like, a year. <laughs> um, so I started playing that a couple of weeks ago, and I've played it once or twice, had a couple of good... So I'll tell, I'll tell this story, because, like, the first time I started playing it, I was really sick, and I had... Um, been ta- I have been taking cold medicine, which I know my body does not respond well to cold medicine. Um, I could I could never be like a serious recreational drug user because all I have to do is like take some take some Sudafed and it has the same effect on my body. Um, <laughs> but I decided after taking some cold medicine that I was gonna play Bioshock, okay. and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna adjust the settings a little bit because I'm a little woozy. <laughs> and so this is what I thought, right? So apparently in my adjusting of the settings, instead of turning it down to easy, which is what I meant to do, I turned it up to Survivor, which is their legendary. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I'm playing through this game for like five hours and I'm just getting my ass handed to me. (laughs) I'm like, I don't remember this game being this hard. I'm like, and when I do kill people, they drop like two dollars and a stick what is going on i'm like i'm never gonna make it through this game i'm like clearly i should not be playing this game sick 
And then I was like, okay, never mind. And then I turned it off. And then for something said, turn it back on and just take a look at it. And I turned it back on and I was like, no wonder. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how that happened. Um, so, yeah, the first time I played it, I played, I played like for five hours and made it through just like the very first level in like five hours because it was that bad. It's um, impressive that you lasted that long. <laughs> Okay, so one thing you have to know about me, Yusuf, <laughs> is that I am stubborn. <laughs> it's good quality for video games. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to. And then I was like, I'm just going to play in, until I make it through this first level. If I don't care if it takes me all night. Right. And it was, and I'm going to say that was probably the cold medicine talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of hilarious when I went back and thought about it. Um, I've also been playing a ton of Minecraft, um, and that's and anybody who's been listening to the podcast for a while is gonna laugh because I used to hate Minecraft, um, but then my kid got re- got really into Minecraft thanks to Alicia's kid. But you know what? I'm not gonna blame children for things on the <laughs> podcast. Um, even though she, at first, when he was first trying to talk her into playing, she was like, who would want to play that game where all you do is set things on fire and break and break and break blocks? Um, because that's that that's his favorite things to do. Right. Is to like is like destroy things. Oh, yep. She loves to build. <laughs> she loves to build. And so when she finally figured out the things and the scale at which she could build, it was all over. She was like, just put it on creative and leave me alone forever. <laughs> <laughs> so she builds these huge things in Minecraft and she loves to, um, and she loves to play Minecraft. So we have to come to, we have to come to uh, a compromise when we play Minecraft together. We play on survival, but we play on peaceful. So you still have to go out and find your own materials and, and build things um, and not just have an open library full of stuff yeah. uh, there. When I do play, that's how I play. But I just, you know, I'm just not a Minecrafter. Well, you know what? I like the mining. I like mining. It is just, it's kind of meditative for me, just the thunk, 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 thunk. So I will, like, literally just, like, make 20 pickaxes and go into a mine. Um, And I've been, like, with being sick and the semester still going on and not slowing down just because I've been like crazy sick and so is my kid for like the last month I've been like constantly stressed out so I've been playing a lot of Minecraft because it it helps ease the stress for me um so yeah lots of Minecraft um and then I've been playing two new things on my phone I've been playing I think I'm I, I think I have to say that probably most people I know are playing um Animal Crossing <laughs> on their phone, and I'm one of them. Yeah, I just added it today. Oh. Join the flock. Yes, you have to. It's <laughs> Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, right? So I play. I have always loved Animal Crossing. When the when Animal Crossing first came to like the DS, I am surprised that I didn't break my DS because I used to literally fall asleep playing Animal Crossing every single night and it would always fall out of my hand and fall onto the floor and would wake me up when it went thunk on the floor <laughs> uh, and I, then when my when the second one came out for the 3DS my kid was old enough to play so she and I played a lot um, 
or again, I played, I played a lot and made money and then just dropped, went into her town and dropped it off and she picked it up and spent it. Um, so that was, that was a whole thing for a while. She was like, no, I'm not, I'm going to eat all the fruit that I grow. What do you mean? I'm supposed to sell it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, kids, right. Yeah. She was really economy. Young. <laughs> yeah. She was, well, she was really young when it came out. She was only like four or five, uh, when it came out. Um, and then, so I've been playing a ton of that and I've also been playing in uh, game dev tycoon, which there's, so there's a new game dev tycoon for iOS. Um, and I played a lot of that game when it was like first out, like, oh gosh, several years ago. Um, because I'm weird and I love any kind of simulation game. Uh, and that one's, you know, that was fun. I played it before and I knew I liked it. So I started playing it again. And it's just something that I can pick up and play for a few minutes here or there and laugh at, you know, at laugh at, uh, the 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 cycles the creation cycles that they have i'm like yes because that's exactly how this happens <laughs> um but anyway <laughs> but that's what i've been playing i'm sorry i rambled a little bit uh alicia what about you darling what you playing oh you know usual stuff for me a little fortnite um battle royale which i don't know why we've come to the conclusion that we might be done with that because it's just really imbalanced right Somebody gets a, a siege breaker or a rocket launcher and they're going to win. And you're not because you don't have those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of irritating. I, I picked up a little bit. Of, I'm trying to replay some of Dishonor, Death of the Outsider. Because mm-hmm. I think I'm going to write about that in a contrast to Godless, which I watched over the holiday break and about which I'm deeply, deeply salty that I did not get Miss Andrew the Western, the show that was promised. Uh, That's interesting. I mean, it was good, but it was not what I wanted. Uh, do you recommend watching it? You know, it, if, if you like Westerns. Hmm. And I really do like Westerns. I think it does have some really good characters. It has some unfortunate, predictable moments. So it wasn't as fresh as I wanted. So if you don't like westerns, I don't. It's like an on the cusp kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Merritt Weaver, though, if you could like just watch all of her scenes in a vacuum, worth it. Uh, so I don't know. It's it's. I would say it's a fifty fifty. Um, I liked it, but I, I like violence, uh, horror, and westerns. So it all, all ticked all my boxes. Nice. It just wasn't what I wanted, which was stacks and stacks of the bodies of dead men. Um, <laughs> Naturally. Yeah, hashtag not all men, though. A uh, little Overwatch, because they brought back Mayhem for a while. You know, i got to play Mayhem while it's there in the arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just chaotic and fun. And, of course, Mafia. Always playing the Mafia. Had to murder innocent people in the quest to discover the Mafia. You're murdering That's innocent it. people. Well, it, it's always how it goes, right? Like, she's talking. She's not talking about like the. She's not talking about the video game. She's talking about the uh, the. I guess it's role playing. The social game. deception game. Social deception. Oh, yeah. that's a great yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, I have a, a persistent mafia community that I'm, I'm doing a research project with. Um, so we we play lengthy games. They're asynchronous games. They take take about a month a, a piece. And. Uh, wow. It, it you always end up mowing through innocence in the quest for the truth. 
Yeah. And there's so whenever you say mafia, I automatically think like Mafia 3 2, and I'm like, there are no innocents <laughs> in that game. Uh, I'm so sorry, I, I didn't mean to get you excited. I did, I downloaded <laughs> no, something I like today that. too that, you know, and it's interesting. I, I read a couple articles about it. It's, uh, it's Mosaic. I guess it came out earlier this month, Mosaic. Um, hmm. It's a not game by Steven Soderbergh. So it's interactive hmm. fiction, uh, hmm. branching narrative. And I, I read a bunch of articles about it today because it came up like on Instagram or something of all places. And I was like, oh, neat. This is a game. But it doesn't say it's a game anywhere. You read all these articles about Mosaic, Steven Soderbergh, Branching Narrative, Choose Your Own Path. And, and everybody's like, is it a movie? Is it TV? I'm like, it's a game. You read these articles like, I don't know. It's not quite a movie. It's not quite TV. I'm like, that's because it's a game. <laughs> but nobody calls it a game. <laughs> so I'm finding that really fascinating. I'm going to start that tomorrow. Well, that's because that's low culture if you make right. it a game. Right. But mm. isn't it strange that we're, we're still looking at, at, at games being uh, on the cusp of taking over as like the entertainment industry in the world? Like possibly eclipsing sports uh proper yeah and and still like, here's this he's like i've got an oscar so clearly i didn't make a game i've made something entirely new that no one's ever done before <laughs> like sir that is a game <laughs> you have made a game i'm looking at the storyboard which goes in all these different ways and i'm like not only is that a game but that is a design thinking approach to game design good job <laughs> so i don't know i'll probably probably end up writing about that one i'm gonna start it tomorrow after i i turn in my thing and, and see how i feel about it it's got like a, a cast like a robust cast of that's because it's not actors. a game right because it's not a game <laughs> i'm gonna call it a game everywhere i, I, I mean like, dishonored this had uh susan sarandon yeah the first two game or first yeah game. so i guess that's not a game either <laughs> uh, i mean how are you how are you liking uh, death of the outsider because i've been playing that a bunch uh, I really like it. Yes. Um, <laughs> I wanted it to be a little bit more than it was. I mean, I can't really complain because it's... It's freestanding DLC. Right. It's not yeah. super expensive, but it it does repeat a whole level from mm-hmm. Dishonored 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was a good level, but it was also a level that I played multiple times because I kept forgetting to save, so I was salty. About <laughs> it it like and now play. I gotta play it again. And, and I'm again. like so meticulous when I play stealth games that if I forget to save, well, that's like a lot of stuff you gotta redo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, um, I, I still I'm still have flashbacks to uh, doing that bank heist mission because I like had a million quick saves like probably mm. filled up my memory with quick saves because <laughs> and then i forgot that it was like overriding quick saves was like no when you like <laughs> on the ps4 when you do the quick saves it like only does like five or something oh my so gosh then that, that took only me going back so far so long oh yeah because i was ha- i had to do the one where they don't notice you like you can't right. drop that Mm-mm. in my lap or like you know dangle that in front of me and then oh expect me to not do complete ghost mode you and Alicia. See, I am totally the opposite. <laughs> I go in and people are like, it's a stealth game. I'm like, nope, it's a game where I go in and I kill everybody. That's what this game is. And then I pile all the bodies up <laughs> in a quarter. <laughs> but then the next level is that, which is funny. I mean, I do really yeah. like that they kind of are doing that. And they are kind of loosening up on the kind of um, uh, heavy-handed, more like moral binary that yeah. they're mm-hmm. introducing for no yeah, reason. Yeah, it was much more fluid. 
Yeah, you're like, okay, I'm going to kill these people because they're bad, and these people, <laughs> I won't kill them because they're less bad. Um, or because I just don't want to be found out or whatever. And like right. also, the um, her character is really interesting because she's yes. not like royalty, like the last two characters. Yes. Right. Which is a really she... interesting angle. Yeah, and so it's it's different, right? Like when you're when you're playing as as Emily, you do have an awareness that if you come out on the other side of this, this is your kingdom. So anything you break, you got to fix later. <laughs> you know, but when you're uh, when you're Billy, you're like, eh, whatever. You know, I'll just uh, I'm just gonna live my life. Um, and then there's always that feeling that you're not coming out the other side. So who gives right. a damn? Let's just let's just burn it all, right? Well, that's you. Um, well, <laughs> but it was a suicide pretty, mission. Yeah, it was pretty funny because we were we were getting ready. We were gonna have a podcast about it. You know, we had a, one of the writers on, and so Sam is like burning through Death of the Outsider, and she's like, "So where are you?" I'm like, "I'm still on the second mission." And then she's like, "So I'm about to to get to the end. Where are you?" I'm like, "I'm still on the second mission." <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Well, currently, I'm creeping across this floor at the pace of approximately three inches per hour. Um, I'll be with you in a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I was like, oh, I just killed everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but I've played all the Dishonored games like that, right? I always got the, you know, when you still had, when there was, there was still that very kind of distinct, more binary, I always got the bad ending. Why? Because I killed everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Um so it was it was it, this one was nice that it kind of let up on that a little bit and i didn't necessarily have to have the bad ending but i still killed everybody because i i i'm horrible at stealth games because i'll do something and then like i'll drop the controller and then it'll fall i'll be like i'm really i'm not doing all that again <laughs> so now you saw me i gotta kill you and everybody who sees me kill you and everybody who sees me kill them so you know what it's easier just to kill everybody on yeah. this level and then people and then keep coming and you're like well you, well you shouldn't have come to the noise if you didn't want to die exactly. <laughs> I mean, and you know what i say that to the tv all the time <laughs> I'm, I'm honest to god i'm talking to the tv i was like if you didn't want to die you shouldn't have walked in here sorry <laughs> you guys i just can't i don't know i have this thing okay so Sam and I will argue about the Mass Effect games all the time because she loves the Mass Effect games and I'm like, eh, Mass Effect, but here's why. I played the first one the first time and I was like a paragon, like a super paragon. I was the paragon of paragons. And I was like, alright, I'm going to play this shit again. But this time I'm going to make a different character. I'm going to be like rogue. I'm going to be like a renegade. I'm going to be so dark and evil. And I started out and I was trying really hard and about uh, 15 minutes into the game I realized I was just replaying the same game I had played the first time. <laughs> Because I just could not be bad. No. And, yeah, and the Mass Effect games, bad, I was dude. so renegade that I would like, I would go like take my gun out of the, <laughs> just take my gun out. And all of a sudden, it, the game would just shoot everybody in the room. They were like, because this is what we know you're about to do. Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> yes. trigger happy, shoot everything. So fun. <laughs> it was just like, renegade was basically just like, if you can shoot or punch somebody mid-conversation, that is your path. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I'm I think glad the you only that. the only renegade thing I actually did in my renegade game was punch that that one reporter. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, she had to be punched. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I just couldn't. I can't do it. I'm not a bad guy. Yeah, I will. Or it's just like it's a different 
it's just a different game when you, especially Dishonored, it feels so different when you play yeah. it like an action game, which is, has its own benefit, where you're like, I'm a superhero, this is really interesting, and then the other, the other way where you're like, I'm like creeping through the ducks, I'm a rat, I'm like a <laughs> ghost. Yeah, so my husband will do the high, the high chaos playthrough, so I'll, I'll, I finally have just given up trying to be the bad guy, and I'll just sit with him while he plays and watch, so I can get the full effect. Yeah. And then cathartic. I can still, like, my hands are still clean. Yeah, it wasn't you. Different, right, different right. universe. Somebody else. And with Assassin's Creed, like I, I'm, I'm definitely will kill anybody. I just don't care. It's so hard to be stealthy in that game too. So like, you just gotta jump in some hay. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, but <laughs> then you gotta wait <laughs> for it to be over, versus yep. killing everybody. Yeah, so you just sneak up behind them, push Y, and they're gone. You don't have to worry about them anymore. Just drag their body somewhere. Yeah. Yo, I sit in the barns all the time in Fortnite and Battle Royale, and every time I do, I'll be like, it's like Assassin's Creed, I'm in the hay. <laughs> <sighs> but see, that game, that, see, that's what's weird, because I hate, like, all stealth games. I, I, well, I don't hate. I'm just not good at them. Let me say that. Um, so, because I'm not good at them, I hate them. Uh, <laughs> but, like, when I'm playing, like, Fortnite Battle Royale, Alicia knows I will sit in a bush for 20 minutes mm -hmm. and be like, I'm sitting in this bush to let you tell everybody, kill everybody this is else. where I live now. <laughs> uh, this is my bush right here. <laughs> and I, I know you can it. do that. Yes. I guess I'll have to give this game a shot. Yes, you hide the, the, the bushes. Just hide the bush. <laughs> get the perfect bush that like hides your body well. Hope that you don't get a male character because then They're you giants. get... Yep. Yeah, the huge. number of bushes you can hide in. <laughs> They're reduced. huge. If you get a if you if you get a male character, they're huge. They stick out of the bushes, and that's really just because they they're all they're all, they all look like Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. <laughs> just and well, they have they're different races, but that's we what they're all like. We call them we call them Dolph Lundgren, Luke Cage, and then did we ever name the other guy? I don't remember. No, I don't think we named the other guy, but that's exactly what they are, and they they so they all stick out of the bush. We had to call him Brown Newcomb. Brown Newcomb, <laughs> yeah. Sounds bad. It's, it's <laughs> it you is, know it's what? Bad. Fortnite has, has has its problems. Yes. I mean, it's fun. It's fun as hell. But do not look to that game for any kind of like deep sensitivity or great insight into the world. <laughs> nope. It's just what it is. Yeah. It's probably it a good rule of thumb for ninety nine percent of games. Yes. This, this is true. This is true. Which is, I guess, what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I don't, if we ever get past, if what, 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 we haven't even done, done what you what you're reading or what you're drinking. We can we can skip to what you're reading unless okay. Is anybody reading anything that uh, that they're really loving and want to tell people about? Not really. I mean, I'm reading a book from my book club that I hate. Oh, <laughs> oh, I want to hear that. It. Well, it's just like uh, Einstein's dreams. It's like a, a series of short stories that are like all kind of. I mean, it's supposed. It should be an interesting premise because it's like basically, you know, it's, it's focused on him coming up with relativity, and or theory of relativity. So like every short story is like this fictional version of like what time could be like, in mm -hmm. different universes. So it's like in this universe, when people walk, time moves, or like it's like the braid universe, or like, or like this universe, if they're if you're on a really tall building, then time moves slower. So people like the rich people will try and like live on really tall buildings. Mm -hmm. um, and then they age more slow, more slowly, and it goes on and on. But the problem is like because you know I, I like stories and characters, and like the, there's none of those in that book. It's just like completely like um, it's like the premises of a, of a thousand stories. Like I'm like I just just pick one and make a story. Like that's where I need something like a, a kind of a hook to draw me in. 
Um, these are just like sci-fi premises, like I time like travel so premises, basically. So many sci-fi collections to end up being that way. Yeah. Yeah. This is at least honest about what it is. <laughs> like it's not coming up with a flimsy plot. It's just like here is the like, but it's just so like dry as a result. So yeah. yeah. Mm. Not looking forward to discussing that one. <laughs> oh, and wow. I've been sick, so I haven't read anything, to be perfectly honest. I was so sick, I couldn't even play video games for a couple of days. That was bad. I can't even imagine that. Oh, uh, yeah, it was not fun. I mean, if I've you play Bioshock hard mode for five hours and Robotess, <laughs> like, I can't imagine how sick that could be. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> You know she was cussing the whole time. <laughs> uh, I've been trying to read the first book in the Expanse series, and you know what? I just... I don't know if it's because I have so many deadlines right now that I feel guilty if I take, like, 20 minutes to try to read a few pages, uh, or if it's just that I don't care. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to try it again in a couple of days, but I don't know. so judgy it's hard to read anything. i don't know i was gonna say i don't know how you read or play anything you hate everything i like things that i like and i really don't like anything else that's me in a nutshell that's believable some shit's going that's on fair. at somebody's house yeah some yeah sirens. All, all sirens <laughs> all right how about what about is anybody okay what how about the what you're drinking question which is also a, always a big question um Yusuf, what are you drinking, Harlan? Right now I'm drinking eggnog. <laughs> I'm a new convert yeah. to eggnog. Oh. How are you finding So have you it? tried homemade eggnog yet is the question. I have oh. I have made it. I have made it before. What? Yeah. That's the only way I'll drink it. Is then, I have to make it. Yeah. yeah. It tastes way better when you make it yourself. Yeah. Because, oh. well, um, I'm lactose intolerant. So oh, yeah. if I'm going to pay for it, it's got to be really good. That's right. I saved your life today. I went and got her coffee, and they put skim milk in it, and I caught them. Oh, wow. Yeah, that could have been bad. Could have been yeah. a bad scene. I was like, yo, that is not the correct uh, fluid that you were putting into that. Uh, let's fix that. Uh, is it hard to make eggnog? What is? I mean, I'm no, not saying, not. like, give me the recipe. Just, like, it's not difficult. It's no, not it's hard. Got, yeah. Yeah, it's got... It's got milk. Uh, you can put heavy cream in it. Eggs, of course. Um, cinnamon, sugar, nutmeg. It's not I will hard. say I do will say it's not hard. But the first time I made it, I turned the heat up too high, and I had an egg omelet. Eggnog Ooh, omelet. Mm. Yeah, you got <laughs> to really be careful no with that. Yeah, you got to put on the lowest heat possible. <laughs> Otherwise, it's yep. just not edible in any way. Okay. Um, but it's funny. Like I was just, um, getting a haircut, and then like. Everybody at the salon was talking about something called coquito, which is, I guess, like Latin American eggnog, and it's um, with coconut milk. Yes. And that sounds really good. I need to figure out how to make that. That's that's going to be planned for the winter. Um, See. Yep. Yeah, that sounds like that would be up your alley too, Alicia. I don't like coconut milk. That's because there's mm. something wrong with you when you live a sad life. <laughs> well, I don't like coconut, and coconut milk tastes like coconut. That's because there's it does. something wrong with you when you live a sad life. <laughs> It'd be pretty weird <laughs> if it didn't taste like coconut. Yes, it would. No, don't go in. Don't do that. What are you doing? Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I'm playing bagel. 
Oh my God. You, <laughs> she plays Peggle. I would say during half of our podcast. Well, it's easy to do. I'm sitting here and it gives my hand something to do and that keeps me from rambling. But then occasionally I do swear out of the blue because it goes <laughs> not in the 100,000 at the end of my level. Mm -hmm. You could have pretended that was part of the eggnog conversation. Like, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> Who drinks eggnog? <laughs> right, you throw that out there, right? <laughs> I did discover very quickly on my eggnog journey that if you buy cheap eggnog, it's too eggy and it's not very good. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not eggy. It's just it's the it's the fakeness of it. I no, think that shit was it eggy. It was like straight up just. That sounds, that like am I, what, am I bodybuilding what's happening here this is not what I signed up for so yeah, yeah try it this try it this weekend make some okay maybe I'll it do will that change. as a reward for myself it will change your life put mm -hmm. some and put some mm -hmm. alcohol in it oh definitely yes, yes. Mm -hmm. right. now I'm thinking I can make some eggnog <laughs> you should well I was drinking a mighty fine old fashioned can I admit that I've never had an old-fashioned? Oh, oh, see, no, I will fix this. I will bring all my fixings to your home. <laughs> and uh, you'll never be able to say that again. Yeah, I've never had an old-fashioned. It, it just always seemed too old-fashioned, I no. guess. What well, it's old is new again. I guess. It's good. It's I need to get drink. hipster with my drink. I, I mean, do you like bourbon? Yeah, oh, I love bourbon. Are you kidding me? Oh, then you'll yes. like an old-fashioned. Yes. Is it sweet? Yeah. It's, I mean, it, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I'm thinking. Um, I mean, it is sweet. Yeah. It's probably a little sweeter than if you just um, drank it straight because it has the uh, the crushed uh, sugar. What is it? Is it sugar? Yeah, it's a little it just sugar. Has, yeah. um, but I, I like to think of it more as like a good compliment if mm -hmm. you select the proper bourbon. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, because for me it just I, I don't know it's hard to you know if you just drink bourbon by your, by itself it's just gonna be a very short night so <laughs> and, and old fashioned is um not that much less alcoholic <laughs> but it's a little more liquid so you know stretch things out a bit um okay with the and it's actually not a good argument <laughs> old fashioned is pretty much the same thing as bourbon it's i mean that's why i like it because it's just um like a little bit more it's like not it's mm -hmm. not a you know it's a lot of cocktails kind of like smother the original yeah. alcohol and like change the flavor and like old fashioned mm -hmm. basically just like adding a little bit of citrus and sugar to it. Yeah, so that I, I would probably like that because if when I when I tend to try to add a little more liquid to my bourbon to stretch out the night a little bit, mm -hmm. I will. Uh, <laughs> I'll um. There's a like an she just artisanal. Adds more bourbon to her bourbon. I just add more more bourbon to my bourbon. Yeah, no, there's an artisanal. Um, like sour mix that I can get at one of the stores here locally. Um, and I'll put like a splash of sour mix in my bourbon. And then it's almost like a whiskey sour, mm -hmm. but it's not like, cause whiskey sours to me are just like lemonade with some bourbon in them. Yeah, I, um, drink, I will drink all of the whiskey sour and then regret it the next day. Yeah, so I just, uh, I'll put like a splash of the of the of the good sour mix. I should probably, my, my mother, she was like, when I was, she was here last time, I was like, oh, try this sour mix. And she was like, did you make it? And I was like, no, I didn't make that one. And she was like, hmm. I was like, wait a minute. So you just gonna come here and you just gonna get finicky with my cocktails. But I know 
that you will drink anything. No, she doesn't. I'm kidding. My mother really <laughs> doesn't drink. Um, so what she the, because because she doesn't drink, she'll like literally go to the bar and just be like, "Give me a whiskey sour," but she'll say make it with whatever bourbon. But she doesn't care about like sour mix. But because, you know, I do tend to do stuff like make my own sour mix or stuff like that. She'll be like, did you make it? I'm like, so you have higher expectations at my house than you do other places. So. She's got to be proud. <laughs> gotta make her proud. But, um, oh, so I'm, I'm just being uh, trifling tonight and I'm drinking pineapple cider. Um I know it's gone soon, so I have to drink all the pineapple cider right now. Because I'm surprised it's still around this late in the season. I know. I need to get some before it's all gone. Um, I've never had that. Oh, no. See, it is life-changing. <laughs> Do you like ciders at all, Yusuf? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like them. You know, I, I'm not, like, crazy about them. Okay, but. so pineapple ciders, they tend to, they're, well, they're pineapple, right? So they're they're not, um, and I, they have to be good pineapple ciders. Like Cider Boys is a little cider mill out of, Cider Boys is out of Michigan, yes? Mm-hmm. And Ace is another one, and they're out of, uh, they're in California. Um, but those are the only two pineapple ciders that I've come across that I really like. Um, the, a lot of the other ones just taste like, like back sweetened, uh, Kool-Aid garbage. Um, <laughs> so you gotta be real careful, um, with the, with, with ciders in general, but you know that cause a lot of places will like back sweeten their ciders because they're not really good to begin with. Um, but yeah, the cider boys and the ace are the two that I will drink without hesitation. Um. And so they are really good. The And the Cider Boys, I think we found, what did we find? We found that we were driving back from Michigan, didn't we, the first time, Alicia? Yep. And we were mad that we hadn't bought more. I drive a minivan, and Alicia and I, between the two of us, like, filled up the back of my minivan. We laid the back (laughs) seat down. We did. It was horrible. We laid the back seat down, and we filled up the minivan with alcohol on the way back. That's true. Well, we're in Indiana. We can't get a lot of good alcohol in Indiana. I would do the same thing if we were coming back from Wisconsin, except I would probably actually I have done the same thing. I have done the same thing by myself coming back from Wisconsin. Uh, Just filled it up. Be like, this is all mine. All right. I don't see anything wrong with that. (laughs) We know what's good in life. Yep. That's what minivans are for. Exactly. That yeah. The, the, who so who cares about carrying lots of kids around in it is for hauling alcohol from state to state. <laughs> Samantha Blackman. <laughs> all right. We have talked about everything except what we were gonna talk about. So all right. Um we're gonna talk about our uh topic this week. And uh Yusuf wrote an amazing article for Unwinnable um, that came out, uh, it was earlier this month, yes? Yes. Um, and so if you haven't read it yet, you need to go read it. So go ahead and pause the podcast. Take 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 some time. I you want don't you have take... to do it. Just, I'm going to read a section of it to you. Oh, my. <laughs> Is this going to be a traumatic reading? I need to know this. I no. need to prepare myself. It's I might need to reading. go get the bourbon. <laughs> okay. All right. But it's uh, Cuphead and the Racist Specter of, of Fleischer Animation uh, was the piece that he wrote for Unwinnable. 
which you know made me really happy in my soul to to read this um because so i mean uh folks who listen know right like two years ago i wrote a piece about cuphead and kind of my my feelings about it when it when they well it wasn't the first time it had come to e3 it was actually the second time it had come to e3 wasn't it i think Yeah, it was. I think that was actually the second time it had come to E3, and then they went away for a while, and Kyle came back and brought it back, right? Um, and then <laughs> all hell broke loose. And then uh, Alicia and I came back and collaborated on a video about um, Cuphead about another game, which I have an, an update on actually. Ooh, so I can't wait to hear what you gotta say about that. Scoop, hot scoop. Yeah. So. Um, when I when when I saw Yusuf's piece, I was like, and I was I was really happy that you were the one who was taking it on, Yusuf, because like I said, just like with your podcast, I think you I think you're super smart, and I really enjoy what I saw with, with your piece. That's why I said, definitely, 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 if even even with Alicia's dramatic reading of whatever section she's gonna read, <laughs> make sure you read the piece in its entirety. I'll put the link to it in the show notes. Um, Thank you. So we want to talk to Yusuf about it because, you know, because, you know, things and stuff. But, um, so I'm sorry, Yusuf, I just like talked all over you because I had to gush for a little bit about your piece. Oh, not at all. Um, I was saying thank you. <laughs> That's it. Um, so tell me, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, um, what made you write this? Because I, I mean, I know what made me write with my, my initial piece, but what made you write this? Well, I mean, it's, I would have to say your piece was a big inspiration, you know, like in seeing um, you write about it because I hadn't been, um, you know, following the game too closely mm-hmm. and just seeing the trailers, obviously, like we all were. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just seeing that perspective and I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, <laughs> this is not right. Something's not right here. Um, and it was also, it was that and um, I remember around the same time I saw your piece, I think somebody had linked to it after a thread where we were all, me and a couple other people on Twitter, I think, um, um, Amar al-Asr, who's like another, uh, he goes by, cig- or they go by cigarettes on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And um, they were li- we were both like, there's some weird um, like anti-Arab or Orientalism going on in this game yes. too, where like the, the yes. there's like this genie stage um, with just like kind of, Oral, all this like it's just like classic kind of like Hassan Chop, um, like Meli- Mary Melody's um, Orientalism mm-hmm. that was just com- not commented on in any way, and they're like, oh, we're just gonna put this in the game, even though this you know at this point they had probably already like decided you know to strip out the other like the the more racist and anti-black stereotypes that were in it. Um, but they were like, oh, we're just going to leave this in because no one like even thinks about this as racist <laughs> to like um, have Orientalist imagery in your game. Yeah. So I think that was kind of um, uh, some, of, some of the sparking off point where it's just like you, you're, yeah, you're just like directly referencing this period that's very racist and then reading your article and I'm like, yep, um, this seems like something I should pay attention to. And then when the game came out, I was kind of waiting to see if people were going to talk about it because, yeah. um, you know, it was like, you know, I, you can, well, your piece, you can only talk about, like, the trailers because, like, that's all we had. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more in the game to, like, to, to see, like, what they end up doing. And, like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you ended your piece as well. Um, so I was kind of like, is somebody going to talk about this, you know? And then, 
for the and the, the conversation annoyingly became completely focused around the difficulty of the game, which is such a boring conversation. <laughs> like, oh, is it too hard? Is it too easy? Like, is it a good flagship game for the Xbox because it's, you know, too hard and not getting enough? Um, obviously, it did very. It was very successful, um, and it, they've done great. Um, but yeah, there just wasn't a discussion there, so I was kind of a tweeting angrily about it. <laughs> Um, and then um, Stu Horvath, who's the uh, editor-in-chief of Unwinnable, kind of just pitched me, or asked me to pitch it, pitch it and I was like, um, okay. Uh, or I basically, you know, like I was like, what I heard it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was, just, <laughs> I was a bit worried about that, but I do like a good challenge sometimes, and I played like, you know, I'm, I'm big into like Dark Souls and games like that that are mm -hmm. just about banging your head against the wall over and over again, which is very much how Cuphead went. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I kind of like figured um, it was worth taking a closer look and kind of, I think, I, yeah, I was like, I could just tweet about this or I can, or I can actually like real, like if I'm going to write about this, I'm going to like really like research it and um, try and do as much justice to the subject matter as possible. Mm -hmm. And, um, kind of you know following your legacy <laughs> and like make sure that like it was like a you know add added more to the conversation beyond what you had already introduced yeah. and yeah yeah that was the thing when when it when the game came out people were like are you gonna play the game so you can write more about it i was like no that it I, i've already <laughs> said it I, I said what i said i'm not gonna play that game well <laughs> you know not just because i was doubling down but because we all have to decide what our what our what our breaking point is Right. And for me, that was it. Right. It was not something even, you know, for the sake of research that I was willing to play. But that's because my personal experience with it is different. Right. And with the with that whole kind of animation style, it's like it's just not for me. I was like, I'm hoping that somebody will come, you know, and somebody will come and kind of take up that mantle. And luckily it was you. Somebody will come and take <laughs> up that mantle, right? And and play the game and, and, and talk about it in its entirety. But that's not for me. And and they were like, are you going to write about it again? I'm like, no, I cannot write about it again without playing it. And I'm not going to play know, it. It's funny right? how that is this. That's the, um, uh, what's, what's, that's what's expected. It's like everyone just expects you to put all this labor into it it's like i'm not getting paid a lot to write this article <laughs> like like it's not like uh you know um it, this is a like a lot of work and not only like um just physical work or just typing it's also like emotional work but having to yes. like you know deal with this th these imagery and then also dredge up like all the history and kind of research and look like look into it and like you know it's like it was there, there's um I mean, a, there's like a big challenge there that I think a lot of people who are just expecting you to write about it, and also people who like d who excuse you of like you know kind of being an outrage machine or like having a knee-jerk reaction. It was like you're having fun writing this. Like, no, not not necessarily. Like, I <laughs> wish they were making like a game that addressed like the period's racism. Like, um, you know, yeah, it's not something I'm I'm like enjoying that I get ha that I have to write this basically. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's there's no there's no understanding of that for some folks, right? Well, and, and that's what I wanted to to bring up, right? If I may, and that's the section that I wanted to read from a piece, if I may do that as well. 
it's near the beginning, so you can consider this a, uh, if you didn't listen to Sam and pause the podcast and go read it, you can consider this a uh, little sample to lure you in. So, at the beginning, you talk about an interview with one of the lead artists. It's yes. just visuals, and that's about it. Anything else happening in that era, we're not versed in the company. Uh, that's what they said. But these visuals, say, uh, writes Yusuf, uh, any, uh, these visuals are weighed down by the history that brought them into being. Despite the developers' best efforts at stripping them of the more overt caricatures that are rife in cartoons for most of the first half of the 20th century, by sanitizing the source material and presenting only the ostensibly inoffensive bits, Studio MDHR ignores the context and history of the aesthetic it so faithfully replicates playing as a black person, ever aware of the way we've historically been and continue to be depicted in all kinds of media, I don't quite have that luxury. And that's what lies at the centerpiece of this conversation that you two are having right here about the idea of emotional labor, as well as like the actual labor of playing the game and writing the piece. Right, of having to delve into that. No, it's not fun to do that research. Mm-mm. That's that's work, and that's the kind of work that nobody else who tries to approach this game is ever going to have to experience, because it is a luxury to be able to separate those things. Right? Oh, you're just reading into it is is a favorite response that we've seen because Sam continues to get response <laughs> to this piece, and we we kind of page through them and we we giggle to ourselves because it's like there's a template uh, that people follow, and one of them is you're just reading so much into it. It's like no. You can separate it. Yeah. And that's the difference. Yeah. And just the, the what is just the not occurring to any of the people complaining is like, yes, they removed racism from the game, but they also removed black people from the game <laughs> because to have <laughs> any black people or any non-white race in the game would have been to include a racist caricature. Uh, <laughs> like, and that is not even... You know, brought into the discussion, or it, it doesn't rise to the level of discussion. And and that's a that's a, one of the like you say they 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 do that interesting thing, right? So they they remove, you know, black people from the game in an attempt to remove the racism, but they don't remove the culture of racism that exists and existed, right, during the 1930s, because there's no way to remove that from the animation style itself. Right. And so in doing that, what it does is it ultimately kind of whitewashes it. It whitewashes the entire period. Right. It whitewashes the entire period. It whitewashes that whole segment of culture. I mean, and much of uh, I would say for me anyway, and my experience, uh, African-American culture is still very much rooted in a lot of those traditions that they kind of minstrelize. And then it just becomes like some straight up cultural appropriation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that, you know, is even more problematic. But like I said, I, that, I, if, if I had it in me, which I do not, to play through the game, I don't, it's not that I don't have it in me because I don't think I can play the game. I don't have it in me to do that kind of, that, that kind of psychic labor. Um, but if I had it, in, I mean, I would love to kind of delve into that more, but that's, that's not a, that's not a hill I'm willing to die on right now. I think <laughs> Maybe. that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they, yeah that's, uh, they got plenty of, uh, you know, uh, purchases and people engaging with it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it was good. It was just really good to... At the same time, as a lot of people are complaining, obviously, giving the knee-jerk reactions. There was, like, a good response in general, I found, mm -hmm. online, because it is just putting words to a feeling of unease. And mm -hmm. that was, like, a big... I felt like that was a, a big accomplishment. For me, in writing, it was just... Um, you know, like, there's a lot of stuff that makes us uneasy, but um, being able to actually, like, go into exactly why was really powerful because it um, it made it more concrete, and you're like, okay, now you can point to this as, like, um, lots of examples as to, like, what it, what it means to appropriate, what it means to whitewash, what it means to, like, um, to see things through a lens that is obscure that you just, like, would never have pictured your... Like we, you never that, you know, you don't see as offensive because you're not of that, you know, of that culture or that race. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, uh, we're previously, you know, well-meaning developers will stumble into this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And and one of the questions that I <laughs> see, because uh, one of the questions that that has um, intrigued me most, I'm trying to be nice, um, has intrigued me most has been that question that I get from folks. Well, how do you deal with racing? You know, do you just ignore like race and, and, and history in, in games if you don't? I was like, no, no, no. See, that's not what you do. But you can't half-ass it either. <laughs> you can't say it's just imagery. You can't separate the history from from the art style, from the genre, from the from the uh, from the images themselves. That that does a disservice, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and they're like, but you, but you played, and you you know you played, and you wrote a lot about like Mafia Three. Yes, yes, I did. I did it for a very specific reason because that was a totally different kind of game, right? It talked about race. It talked about racism, but it it made that attempt to address it head on, right? And to make it a part of the game itself, right? And I still, I still will say it, you know, call me a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. I still will say that that is, that is specifically why that game did not do as well as I think it should have. Yeah, I mean, technically, technically, um, as in mechanically, technically, the game was not perfect. It had its issues. But you know what? The, the narrative, the story was just kind of spot on for me. Um, and again, because I'm a, I'm a black woman of a certain age that spent a lot of time in the South in the 70s. So in that in that decade that uh that comes after right when this when the story itself takes place in, in mafia three but a lot of that stuff was still in play in the 70s mm -hmm. right and i was a kid in the 70s but still you know what kids pick up on stuff especially when you especially when you you are deep enough in the south where the billboard that uh greets you when you enter the town is uh, one of the local politicians who is also the local grand wizard welcoming you into that town, right? Because that that says a very specific message, right? And I can you know, and I can remember as a kid, like I said, this was in the 1970s, the and even into the late 70s, being you know being told, don't go to that park, right? Mm -hmm. um, because they they were still very segregated. Black kids went to one park, white kids went to another park, right? Um, and then, you know, having, having that at play in the seventies still. And I remember ha making a little friend because, you know, I'm from, I'm from the North. Um, my mother's a medical professional. Um, so we have friends of all races, um, 
when when I was growing up. So it never occurred to me that when I went to the South in the summers, because that's where I spent my, my summers, that I was not supposed to have white friends, right? But seeing a friend get the literal, get, get like, not literally, I, that people use that word all the time. Seeing a friend get the shit beat out of her by her parents in a park for playing with me in the 1970s, right? So, I mean, there's a lot that goes into, like, my feelings about race and racist animation and the, the, the reasons that I'm like, you know what, I'm going to have to take a hard pass on that because that, I mean, and people are like, well, that was the past. I'm not that old. <laughs> I am still in my 40s. And for that to have, that to have occurred during my lifetime to, is, is really telling. Right. I mean, we can't deny that. We can't say, oh, we're post-racial. No, we're not post-racial because I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I still remember this. Right. And this, this stuff informs what we're dealing with today. Like, yes. for sure. I mean, these stereotypes all still exist. I mean, that's why I brought up mm-hmm. Kara Walker because I, I just um, I like I just really appreciate um, <coughs> the way she kind of brings us. She's like. Nope, we're not gonna we're not gonna forget that these characters are a thing. We're gonna like yeah. dredge it up because it's like it informs like yeah exactly like what um what kind of how stereotypes are manifesting in and how like black people are still seen um, by white America. There was just mm-hmm. um a I just saw a Twitter thread a few days ago that was talking about um like digital blackface. <laughs> Did have you seen yep. that? I, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've actually talked to a lot of people about that pretty extensively. Oh, really? Yeah. It's one yeah, of those but, things yeah, where so many people will automatically re- will react with, well, that's not a thing. I'm like, well, you know, it is. It yeah. is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, it's real cute to throw around, you know, gifts of, of angry black women, sassy mm-hmm. black women, and put on a face. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Whereas, like, <clears throat> and it's like coming from exactly the same place, like exactly yeah. the same place as minstrelsy, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, black people are so funny. Like, <laughs> if they're just funny. What's wrong? I'm just like making a joke. And it's like, no, nope, that's, ex- you know, that, like, that's, you are like chopping up this, you know, uh, so, like, so much context and culture into like a sound bite to make you laugh and like kind of warping it away from like what it really is and that's what minstrelsy was like it was like like these white performers kind of coming up with like their own bullshit language that they you know uh thought that's how black people sounded and like kind of mm-hmm. um not only so it's like an appropriation and also a distortion um that like is that we're still kind of reaping you know today mm-hmm. so it's like yep yeah, um you can't really take um source material to bring it back from to bring it back to cuphead you can't take source material from a period where like um caricature was still like everywhere um and then just remove the really obvious parts because like you said it's just uh, you're not there's no way to clean it like it's it's uncleanable yeah yeah yeah. And, you know, and it's, it's interesting the way that it happens over time, um, because and it, this is it, it's it, we're coming up on the winter holidays. again. let's put it that way. And last Christmas, I decided for some strange reason, 
I like I like cheesy musicals. Like I said, there wasn't a whole lot on TV back in the seventies when I was a kid. So you watch what was on because it was like three stations if you had that many. Um, and if you were spending if you were spending time in the south, then we were lucky if you got one. <laughs> but so, but White Christmas. Um, do you do you remember this? Do you remember this? This uh, it was it was the old movie White Christmas, right? Um, and it, it popped up on Netflix, and I was like, oh, White Christmas. I remember watching that when I was a kid. So I decided to watch it last year and we get to the, we get to the, there's a, there's a scene where they're putting on a show to help like an old army buddy save his ski resort. Right. Because of course every veteran aging out of the army has enough money to go buy a ski resort. But anyway, uh, so they're put, and there's a song specifically in the show called the minstrel show. So, and I immediately had a flashback to watching that as a child, as soon as the song started. And I looked at what was on the screen and that was not what I had seen when I was a kid. They were in blackface in the original film when they did that, when they did that song. The new edited version that they're showing on that at least they showed on Netflix last year. I don't know if it's going to be on Netflix this year. They have digitally edited the film, so they're not in they're not in blackface. How, what? Like, how did they even do that? I have <laughs> no idea. And I thought I was crazy, right? So I went on Facebook and I and I, and I posted. I was like, "Does anybody else remember this movie? Please tell me I'm not crazy." And and there were lots of people like, "No, no, I remember that. They were in blackface when they did that minstrel show number. They're not anymore." In the new, I mean, it is that that very. It's like, okay, so we're gonna erase the we're gonna erase the fact that not only was this film made during a time when it was totally acceptable to have blackface in Broadway shows, right? But this was kind of that, that racial cultural moment for folks in it. I mean, because if you look, and then you watch, the, you watch the entire movie, there's not a person of color in that whole movie, mm-hmm. right? It is a very white Christmas, right? There's no black people in that movie, right? And I remember seeing that as a child and it stuck with me enough seeing it as a kid that 40 years later, when I saw that movie again, I recognized that it was absent. Hmm. Which was all, which is really interesting, right? So when we start talking about what happens when we, when we erase that, and but of course, if you have anybody who's watched the film in the last, I don't know how many years ago they decided to take the black face out, Right, they have no they have no recollection of that film having blackface, right? And it erases that that history of minstrelism and the history of the entertainers that lived during that time. Right? I mean, it, it it's why are we trying to rewrite history to make folks feel better? Is always the big question. <laughs> and who to make who feel better too? Exactly. <laughs> right. I'm trying to be nice. I'm like, folks, right? <laughs> why, why are we trying to rewrite history to make white folks feel better? Right, but guys, the, the, you know, the animation style of the 1930s is just so cool, right? So it'll be okay if we just remove the bad parts. <laughs> and we can all just feel good and hold hands and die over and over to these bosses. That's all we really want. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like it's the cultural product has to, like, they still want to use, use the output, right? They don't mm-hmm. want to... Mm-hmm throw that part out that's, like, isn't that yeah. all of white history though <laughs> yeah it's like I'm, I'm sorry that we enslaved you and became rich off of you but we sure like our money 
<laughs> so we're gonna keep that. We exactly. We're, we're gonna keep that. We're gonna continue to use that. The pri any privilege that we gained and tell you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bootstraps, because that's how we got here. Bootstraps. Exactly. Yeah. And that was the the other the update that I wanted to offer. Uh, when when we made that video, Sam, we had found that other game, mm -hmm. uh, which I think was called Fleisch and Sherry in Crazy Hotel. Mm -hmm. It was in development, um, and when Cuphead released, uh, they made a thread for it on the new forum that's meant to replace you know NeoGaf because nobody wants to put money in Tyler Malka's pockets anymore. Mm -hmm. um, on Resetera. And so one day I was just scrolling through the uh, the Cuphead thread and, and just reading some of the things that people were saying about it and to see how many times this issue did get brought up. One of the developers who had worked on that game appeared in the thread. In the Flash and Cherry game? Yes. Okay. Um, and actually talked about what they were doing. It was, it was exactly what we saw, which is that they were looking at that animation style in the 1930s and asking what happens if we subvert it? What happens if we take some of the stereotypes and actively try to work against them, which is why, like, you know, the main female character is very, uh... She's not buxom. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, she's the one who's supposed to do the saving. So they were actively trying to, to see what happened if they took some of that stuff and turned it on its end. What's sad is that he said they did not finish. They got pretty close, and now the game is dead. And, and it, it is a shame, because when we saw footage at the time, it looked pretty well yeah. playable. I mean, they had proof of concept, but even if they didn't finish, and I don't know what happened with the, uh, the studio, um, I, it sounded like they might have had a falling out. I, I think we should hold up examples like that of, of people trying. Mm-hmm to not just ignore what happened and not try to just strip away that context but say what happens if we engage it in some way that makes yeah. us think about it and I don't know that that game would have been successful if they'd finished it maybe it was full of other trash who knows <laughs> but it was interesting to see somebody trying to make that effort yeah I I've agree. always wondered what happened to that game there you go yeah, that's too bad. I, I would have liked to see what happened there, because it's, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what we were we were asking. It's like if you're gonna like um, yeah play with these aesthetics in this context, then you have to do something about it. Like you can't just um, leave it in there unremarked upon. Yeah. Um, or, or take it out and pretend it never happened. Exactly. Um, it has to. It, it happened, and it's part of the aesthetic. And that's gonna if you're, that's if that's what you want your art, art, art style to be, that's what you have to um, include alongside of it um but yeah i mean even it's really like a matter of like the thought occurring to the you to begin with <laughs> like that you want like because i feel like it is this 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 um there is a certain expectation in uh creators uh that they can just use whatever aesthetic and art style they want um and that that is it's all free reign we're in this postmodern period where nothing really means anything it's all like pastiche of like um a, you know hundreds of previous or hundreds of years of you know previous art styles and cultures yeah. um and that i think is a very you know it's a, it's an inherently privileged attitude 
and I think Cuphead is just one example of that um, and it's something I kind of want to keep looking at because it's like uh, it's just really interesting to me um, especially when you have I, like ideas about representation being um, so surface level mm -hmm. like um, I'm looking at this um, writing about this game right now uh, Dujana which is a, a indie alt game uh, by like this guy is Jack King Spooner and he's over in Scotland and it's uh, he makes these really kind of poetic abstract um, art games and this one is like in continuation of that except that it's set in the Middle East and it has uh, a f like an Islamic female protagonist and I was kind of struck by that because like you're a white guy from Scotland <laughs> you know making this game Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, and I'm still like kind of you know playing it and kind of trying to figure out his angle and like what, um, what, you know what he's trying to say or why he chose the setting and the place. But judging from like conversations with him and playing the game, you know, it's really just a. It was it's a setting that interests him, and it's a culture that he finds interesting and that's kind of the, like the large part of why he chose it mm -hmm. um and then in some areas like when the game came out came out to her like it's kind of a representational game but i'm like it's not though <laughs> it's not at all like it's kind of it's a western um cons conceived like yeah. image image of the middle east like that's not authentic and it doesn't really necessarily mean to be authentic but it's kind of being taken as authentic yeah. Um, and I think that's like a pitfall that we have to avoid in this whole like representation discussion where it's like you have to, you know, it, a lot of it does come down to who's making the games, who gets to make the games mm -hmm. and who gets to, um, uh, to choose the subjects. Because if you're just choosing these, uh, if you're adding color to your game or, or edge or some kind of exoticism to the game, mm -hmm. because that's what's hot right now or that's just different than what you did before like you have you're kind of that's not representation that's no. something entirely different that's another kind of like digital blackface well yeah, you know you, you make a good point right Cuphead is not the only game that does this, right? Um, and 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 that, you know that's another thing. Well, Cuphead isn't the yeah. Cuphead's not the only you know. I I, I make that voice right whenever whenever I'm like hey, Cuphead. Well, what about well, what about? Um, I'm like, but I'm not talking about all those things right now. I have talked about a lot of those other things, and I will continue to talk about those things. So like even when like the first time I sat down and I was playing through Super Mario Odyssey. We get to the, we get to the little sand world, and I was livid, and I was I was I was like really, really we're gonna have all these little kind of if they feel very they feel very much like minstrels right because they're just like dancing little jigs around these little the little sugar skull people right and there are ponchos and sombreros and and I was streaming the game when I was playing it and I'm like well clearly. They just made sure I could never 100% this game. And people were like, well, what's going on? What can't you do? I'm like, what What can't I do? I cannot put on a poncho and a sombrero and run around this world. I refuse to do it. Um, and I said, so that won't happen for me. Um, but, you know, like you said, uh, Cuphead's not the only one to do it. We have other companies like 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 Nintendo who are doing this in games like Super Mario Odyssey. 
So, yeah, I mean, it, it happens all the time. Well, and then there's the flip side of that, too, I think, where, and I know if y'all been listening to this podcast at all, you know I've beat the drum about this about mm, 15 billion times. You have a game like State of Decay, right? Where the developers purposely set out to try, they ain't perfect, to try to make a world that was more like what they saw in their day-to-day. They wanted, you know, and, and something that reflected things that other games didn't. They wanted, a, if you wanted it, a black male hero who could survive, like, the whole way in this horror game. And they wanted, like, strong women, and they wanted people with different body types, and they did all that. And I think I'm, like, the only person who ever talks about it. Mm. <laughs> because yeah. it's an action game, and it's not just about representation, right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. easy for everybody else to ignore. It's like if we don't put so-called identity politics right up front, then it doesn't matter. It's like that could be the only focus of the game if it's going to have an impact. And there's got to be some kind of like middle ground where we talk about these things and we understand their context and how we can place them within like this larger ecology of gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fraught. Let's put it that yeah. way. That's <laughs> def- yeah. That's definitely like a, a like the direction we need to be going in. Uh, but it's kind of like also that's like a baseline, right? That just should everybody should just be doing. Yeah. That. Mm-hmm. Y'all should just be um, trying to make realistic worlds with like more than white people in them, <laughs> like yeah. real people, not just token background people that you can use for tropes. Yeah, the people that you've seen in like movies or something, whereas yeah. seen, like where a lot of these game developers are getting their influences. It's like it's not from the street, it's not from the real world, it's not from like cities and towns. It's from like other cultural artifacts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very mm-hmm. like self-referential the whole industry. Yeah. So yeah, even just looking outside and and that just ties into like having you know developers who have who have lived life and who are different that don't look like the same person that you see on every video game, you know, magazine yes. in- interview. Yeah. Right. And people don't, or, you know, even like little things, cause this is something that I get hung up on. And this was after we talked to Drew Hobson, um, who voices Marcus was a black character in state of decay. Right. And it just clicked for me like that, that thing that had always, you know, like, like you and I have that. We talked about that earlier, that, that kind of nagging feeling that you can't exactly put, um, you can't exactly put into words when you start talking about and thinking about, um, in this case, um, voicing characters of color with voice actors of color, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. And <laughs> that has always kind of nagged at me. And just to have him talk specifically about his experience doing State of Decay and the fact that he had to st- he had to sometimes like stop and be like, Mm-mm, wait, wait, wait. A brother wouldn't say that, right? (laughs) Right? This would this would not happen. Let's let's talk about this, right? So that it shapes the character in a more realistic way as well, right? So I mean, when we start talking about diversity at all levels, right? And then you know, I I caught all kinds of shit when I started talking about the fact that I was pissed off that you know, and and Uncharted Four, Nadine Ross was you know a South African (laughs) woman of color. Somebody asked me the other day if I was going to play that, and I was like, hell no. You could not pay me to play that. 
Right, and then so and you she's know, up for an award. She's yes. up for an award for the role. And I'm I'm mad. I'm still but mad. Samantha, maybe they just cast the best actor for the role. Or maybe like, they no, just cast. No, it's not. Them. It's it, this is why it's not the best actor. It can't yeah. be the best actor. I don't care how good she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's not the best for the role. I mean, you know, and so those kinds of things, and that's why, you know, and I have to admit. When Assassin's Creed Origins came out, I was like, wait, 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 wait. Let me see who voice and buy it before I buy this game. Before you get my, before you get my, because I bought like the, I bought like the deluxe pack. I was like, before you get my, what was it, seventy or eighty dollars? I need to know <laughs> if I really want to give you my money, right? So, but I mean, we need to have that for a number of reasons, and that's not to say that there is any monolithic black experience or there is any monolith monolithic experience of any one race of people but you have to have something <laughs> be closer to what you're doing right I'm, like yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say that there is some considerable distance between a white lady and any South African <laughs> black woman <laughs> you think? There is, no matter what their their relative positionalities are, otherwise, there's yeah. some distance between those two people. Yeah, uh, that's a and and we we talked about that when we were talking about death of the outsider too, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I had to admit, I had to go look see, all I had to go look to see who voiced Billy. Before I got into this game, because otherwise I was gonna be real salty. <laughs> I mean, it's like a you gotta you gotta do that now. <laughs> Just like a, it's a trap. It's like they trap you. They're like, oh, oh my god, Nadine Ross. Like, I mean, and it's so it's so frustrating because they also do a really good job of of her of like uh, designing her. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, like the lighting is great in her skin. Her hair looks really good. Like, yeah. yeah this is a really well-designed black character that cared and to that extent and then they just like completely dropped the ball and didn't like they're just like how do you prioritize this but not the other right like, it boggles my mind i just don't understand well they, they just don't really see race is the <laughs> or it's like they see it in this really messed up way <laughs> where it's like that yeah. exoticism thing where yeah. it's like um well, we started with a white woman, but ooh, what if you made her black? Like, that'd be so twist. edgy. Black twist. So yeah, that's literally like that was their, you know, when she, if she first showed up to do the voice, it was like a white woman. And then they're like, um, oh, no, she's black now. <laughs> it was like literally a palette swap. Um, and nothing else changed. Yeah. So that's yeah. like, yeah, that's a, a big pitfall of, 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 well, of representing characters, right? That's, that seems like, too, that's, that's part of the whole thing. Like, uh, you know, one of my one of my research projects I, I literally counted like every playable black female character in the history of gaming and I will tell you it's not very many mm. and then somebody at a conference argued with me and they're like but what about all of the, the characters that you can design you, know, you can design your own characters I'm like oh you mean the ones where they like just turn the skin a little bit darker yeah. Oh, yeah. But didn't actually <laughs> include any sort of like features or mm -hmm. anything that makes it actually look like it's other than a really tan white person mm -hmm. oh those yes we'll count all those black women <laughs> sure. it's a really it's a get out of jail free card it's like yeah. yep just a, here is a slider yeah that's, exactly that's it. now now we got black people because we gave you a slider it's all good right unless it's a joke slider 
like another game that came from Ubisoft this year that I ain't gonna mention by name, <coughs> South Park. Um, <laughs> I ain't never seen nobody mad as, as you are about that game. <laughs> I mean, but say I mean, but then uh, still we get shit like South Park, right? The fractured but whole, ha ha. That's that's so funny. Uh, we get shit like that where we get you know Kanye fish and his mammy fish mama flying away on a fucking unicorn I'm sorry that would be more like a pegasus right or a pegacorn or a what it, whatever the hell it is but I mean that's not okay no. <laughs> because that goes back to that same history of minstrelry that we get in games like Cuphead, right? And just because, you know, it's funny, ha-ha, it's not racist. That, Which is so ridiculous because that was like, minstrelsy was supposed to be funny. Like, exactly. Where's the difference <laughs> in the jokes? Like, exactly. You're somehow smarter now? No, it's the same thing. No, you got dumber people who 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 know the history and are still trying to ignore it. Yeah, and I call folks who deal that. I'm sorry, I no, I ain't. Dumber people that are guys. <laughs> political correctness is destroying humor. Oh Lord Jesus, don't you get me started. I have even I mean, you know this, Alicia. I have argued with academics about this bullshit. I know. Uh, you know, that's I what mean, you've trained me to do, also. <laughs> Which is why you never gonna get a job. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And and so when I say dumb people, I'm not talking about unintelligent, uneducated folks. I'm just talking about ignorant ass folks to use the proper vernacular. I'm talking about ignorant ass folks who don't wanna who don't wanna acknowledge that their faves are problematic. Right, and that's exactly what you got to do at this point. You can't say, "But I like it, so it can't be racist," because I'm not racist. Well, you know, <laughs> it can you, be racist, <laughs> and maybe racist. you are too. I mean, <laughs> so you have to. I mean, folks don't want to address that head on, but I don't see race. That shit in and of itself is racist, right there. When you try to erase somebody else's race to make you feel more comfortable, but maybe you're just the real racist, Sam. <laughs> I you're am. the one that's always making it about race. Because I got all kinds of power. We dealt with these arguments for like, you know, decades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same shit. I mean, it, it's really it's, it's interesting to see, um, especially with like the sexual harassment stuff coming to the surface now. Um, the swing back from a lot of men in positions who are still in positions of power, mm-hmm. and are saying like, "Well, aren't you going a little bit too far?" <laughs> <laughs> I think we're this is getting out of hand. Mm-hmm. You're like, um, because you're basically like, it's like you're almost, are, you're almost are figuring it out. Or they're like, it seems like every man is a sexual harasser. <laughs> or like every man, or like you know, every there's a lot more than I thought. It's not just like a tiny percentage. Like, yep, that's actually the, that's the reality we live in. That's but you a, exactly. have been ignoring it your whole life. You've been allowed to ignore it. You know. I just gotta say, I gotta, I gotta put this somewhere out into the world. At the point that a man in any industry, I don't care what kind of power he commanded, could say, you know what I need? I need a button on my desk so I can <laughs> lock the door from over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And other people were like, that's fine. 
it is a larger problem than just some dudes. Right. Because yeah. nobody literally structural. That? <laughs> right. <laughs> Nobody, nobody questions that, right? I need this button. You need that, that button. Sounds legit. <laughs> that makes perfect sense because you might need to, I don't know, barricade yourself in. Least someone come into the new studio firing willy nilly about. Right? <laughs> what? What? Yeah. yeah. There's so many things messed up in that situation. <laughs> like, <laughs> just we're gonna assume that this workplace violence is gonna happen, and we're not going to worry about the violence coming from like sexual predators, like yeah. just the gun part, just the gun violence. Yeah. That's our society. Yeah. And yeah, it's like I mean, it's a reflect. It's I think there's there's so many parallels there with like um, racism and, and um, the status quo kind of re- resisting mm-hmm. um, the acknowledgement of how deep it runs, and just the you know the um, the assumption that you can just uh, leave the past behind and everything's fine now and we're post-racial and you know we had Obama but it is it's, it's very privileged it's very it's a very privileged thing too right because I can think about the fact that I as a black lesbian was told in no uncertain terms when you know I had gone through and I looked at you know and I was when I was this was a while back when I was looking at furnishing my office on campus. Uh, and I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> if I'm going to be putting in this kind of hour, these hours pre-tenure, I might want to put like a couch in my office. People can sit on the couch and hang out and talk, but I could also lay down and take a nap and still <laughs> keep working, right? Mm-hmm. These kinds of things. And somebody was like, well, maybe you don't want to put a couch in your office. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I know white male colleagues around here who have like couches, futons in their office. And they were like, well, you might not want to do that. And so that's interesting. I'm like, so I can be seen as a sexual predator Mm -hmm. for having a couch in my office, but they're not. Yeah. Right. Isn't it funny how that works? Isn't it funny how that works? Right. (laughs) (laughs) so i mean so when you start to think about like all the layers to this kind of stuff and like like i said when you start thinking about your personal experience and identity politics you cannot ignore that kind of stuff when we're looking at these kinds of things yeah it just it just can't happen yep right with right there with you let's hope we get some more people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on that on that page that so nice. I don't yeah r- tear my nice. hair out <laughs> <laughs> but I want to keep writing articles and you know so yeah uh, so you know what on that note I got a question what sure. are you working on um there's the yeah there's that um that piece on Dujana mm-hmm. which should be interesting because you know I uh, my mother is from uh, Tunisia, North Africa, so I have a connection there um, mm-hmm. in terms of like Middle East r- representation. And I think about it in games and just like, and, but it's also like a case where, um, the I mean I, I'm I'm planning on you know talking more to the artists about it and trying to just figure out like what is the um, the what what was the thought process behind using the Middle East as this kind of almost. Uh, 
costumery for a completely mm-hmm. different game. Um, so hopefully that'll be interesting. Um, and that's going to be on an unwinnable later this month. Nice. Um, also, my piece about Rain World. I that better be good because I hated every minute of playing Rain World. <laughs> <laughs> and that game. I mean, I'm it wants to you to lo- hate I'm it. I'm about to download Rain World. I think so yeah. I'm it. interested in how you find it because it is a really interesting game, but it is also just a miserable game. I like to be punished horribly by games. Oh yeah, <laughs> you'll definitely get that in spades. Um. And I'm actually, yeah, I'm also writing a piece on Death of the Outsider, eventually. Nice. Which I'm excited about, because I really like playing it, I like talking about it. Um, I think, I'm, I'm still kind of form, like figuring out my thesis, but it, it will definitely, I think, be about what it, just the interplay between um, Billy Lurk's character and her identity and the mechanics of the game and like why they're different. And like mm-hmm. why um, it's more f- like um, free form in terms of like morality decisions, yeah. And yeah, just how she in- how she relates to the rest of the cast, uh, which I think is is just an interesting decision, but because like um, yeah, it just seems really feels very purposeful that you know you're getting to like after all these like um, disgraced royal people getting their <laughs> money back <laughs> basically um, you have somebody who's just like so on the outside and so um, you know and then she's aligned with the outsider and that's the whole thing Yeah, she's a real outsider Yeah, I don't like that outsider he's annoying oh, yeah. uh oh we got somebody who will fight you on that one <laughs> oh really get them together ever yeah, uh, yeah. Hazelman Fortin, who was was one of the who was one of the writers on the game, we we interviewed her. Uh, oh. was it two months ago? Yeah, it's been time flies. Um, yeah, two months ago, and she loves the outsider. Uh, she loves the outsider. Wait, That's did she write the outsider? Hmm. I mean, she, did did she love the outsider because she wrote the outsider? No, she did she just that's, that's she, why they she brought came her on. In, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because she came oh. on to write for the for the uh, death of the outsider. Um, that was the first that was the first game she had written for. Um, and I they brought her on because have to she to had this. that love of the outsider. Yeah, I should listen to this. Or this is a uh, this is audio. Yeah, yeah, it's one of oh, it's yeah, one yeah. of our podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, I will definitely go back. And listen to it. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I think he has a lot of like. There's a lot to him, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I do, and I want to explore more of like. Why the why the last game puts them together in that way? Well, because the funny thing yeah. is, is that I had this I have the same feelings about that as you about the outsider. So and I felt I kind of felt guilty, right? Because she was like, "What choice <laughs> did you make at the end?" I was like, "Uh, I'm not telling you." <laughs> wait, wait, you killed him? That, I mean, I didn't like him, but I'm not gonna kill him. It's... <laughs> She just told you earlier Wait. she killed everybody. Oh, yeah, this is everybody. When I said everybody, I meant everybody. Okay. At least you're con- consistent. You know, you got your rules. You got to play by them. Understandable. Um, yeah, so we'll see. That's I'm, I'm hopeful about that being fun to write. Um, and I will definitely listen to, I will definitely listen to the uh, interview you had with them, with her. Yeah. Well, cool. 
<laughs> you know what, Yusuf? This has been so fun, and I'm mad at myself for not asking you to come on earlier. Um, no, and talk it's to fine. Us. It's fine. <laughs> so you I have to you have to invited. promise that you will allow me to make it up to myself and to you, <laughs> and that you'll come back on our show some uh, some other time to talk to us again about something else fun. I'd be glad to. Yay! Thank you. Um. So, is there anything else? Like this, I always ask this question whenever we have we have a guest we have a guest on the show. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about that you want to throw out there? Um, um just yeah, I mean, keep an eye open. I sh- this is gonna be a busy month of writing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, my Twitter is yumiyu, y-o-u-m-e-y-o-u, and um, that's where I post all my stuff. That's pretty much it, you know. Uh, and check I'm, out your awesome podcast. Oh yeah, which yeah. I'll we're also gonna, put a link to in the show notes. We're gonna be recording. Uh, we're gonna do a Mario Odyssey episode. Ooh, coming up. It's our next one. So that should be fun. That should be. Well, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us today. That the, it's been it's been super fun. Um, and so for folks listening. Um, You'll have all the information on where to find Yusuf and where to find his work, um, as well as where to find his fabulous podcast in the show notes. Don't forget to look it up. Don't forget to, hopefully, you paused at some point when we read his Cuphead piece in Un- and Unwinnable. If you didn't, now's a great time to do it. Um, so our next episode coming up is episode 165, where we have another we have another fabulous guest lined up, another episode that I'm super excited for. We're just closing out the year with some amazing folks. Um, and I'm, and it makes me happy. Um, so until we get to episode 165, which will come up sooner than you, sooner than you think, um, I would like to say thank you for listening to episode 164 and thank you to Yusuf and to Alicia for hanging out, um, and chatting tonight. Um, and until next time, stay warm, stay dry. And as always, always, always my friends game on. Thank you.